0: all right we are we're back we're live we have eric vorhees all right this, this is a big one um so this is day two of the monero conference in denver i didn't realize shapeshift is actually located in denver mm-hmm. um you is it with are there other reasons you're at the monero conference besides the
1: fact that uh you, you're down the block is is there are, are you interested in monero yeah, I mean, one of, one of the things that I thought was so cool when I first got into Bitcoin was its privacy. And obviously, it's not ubiquitous. And if you don't know what you're doing, it's not very private. So as that started getting understood, I was really happy to see projects get built that were like actual privacy coins that focused on that and actually had really good cryptographic privacy built in. So I'm a huge, huge fan and supporter of the project and um, really excited to see that it was having a conference here in my backyard. Awesome.
0: So you just did a panel on regulation. Um, you're obviously intimate with that as well, uh, yeah. being with Shapeshift. Uh, I guess it's been a few months now, or I don't know, in crypto world, everything moves so fast, uh, where basically Shapeshift had to, had to start enforcing KYC AML. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when, when that initially happened, I think there was even blowback from, I guess, like the Monero community saying, you know, uh, why'd you guys do that? Did you have yeah. to do that? You should have just maybe even closed down given that you had to do that yep. what's kind of what's kind of your your overall i know it's, it's a tough topic
1: but what is your take on that um is it something you had to do regrettably is it yeah i mean anyone anyone who thinks that i would implement that willingly or enthusiastically um doesn't know me um we spent six or nine months exploring essentially every nuance of the various laws around the world Um, and ultimately came to the position that it was going to be too dangerous for us to not do that. Um, And I think we were right about that. But it sucks. No no customer wants to give up their private information. We don't want that private information. Um, We shouldn't have to do it. It's not right. It's not ethical. uh, And we will continue speaking out about it. Um, You know, certainly people told me like, well, you should have just shut the thing down. And like, that's kind of the cowardly way out. I thought, um, I'm trying to build a business for the long term that will influence the world. And help crypto move into the mainstream and replace um, the fiat financial system. And if every principled business just shuts down when they run into adversity, it's not going to, it's not going to happen. So we're going to keep going and we lost that battle, but there are other wars to be won. And now
0: that it's kind of been a few months out, what's your current, like, do you, what's your feeling about it now? I mean, are, how how does it affect the business? Um, And How do you see it kind of affecting your overall take on crypto? Are you now kind of seeing, uh, is it still a positive? You know, it's like Shapeshift still exists, obviously. It's still being used. So, I mean, at least it's still a tool, a way for people to get into things like Monero or Zcash from Bitcoin. Uh, But now that we're like a few months out, what's your...
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly anyone who was using the service to be really private, like it's not a good solution for them anymore. So that sucks. A lot of people, you know, are annoyed by the KYC, but they understand. Some people actually support it and prefer it. They think it legitimizes the company. You know, I disagree with them. So a lot of customers, you know, it's not a, a huge deal for, but it totally gutted our business when we did it. We had, we basically had to rebuild our customer base from zero after, after changing that model. Um, so that's been really hard. And we had to do it kind of right into the crypto bear market last fall. Okay. Um, in parallel, we've been working on the new Shapeshift anyway. And so that releases just in a couple of weeks. Um, that is a much more comprehensive crypto platform, non-custodial, and basically a way to hold, track, send, receive, trade, buy, sell, um, all the major cryptos without custody. So we're trying to basically be a non-custodial alternative to Coinbase. Mm-hmm. So when that comes out, you know, that's going to be a very different kind of Shapeshift. Um, still, Still the same core functionality there, but lots of other cool tools as well. So that's what we're focused on. Very cool. And that was that kind of uh, in reaction to the regulation? No, that, that's that been in development for about 18 months. Um, so the, the fact that we had to implement KYC was a, a horrible distraction from that building, um, but wouldn't have ultimately changed this, this direction. And do you see regulation kind of...
0: Becoming more intense as we move forward or or, or are people overreaching now and then things will kind of ease back off? Where do you see regulation going in general, especially for things like privacy coins, which I hate calling them privacy coins, by the way?
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, Generally, crypto is going to run directly into confrontation with all the major governments of the world, because what it's essentially trying to do is remove the control and surveillance of money away from banks and governments and simply give people power over their own finances and their own money again. Governments have zero interest in that happening. Uh, I've been glad that they have tolerated it thus far. And crypto, I think, is seeping into the mainstream. Um, so it's really a race against time to see if the world will, the, the people of the world will accept cryptocurrencies as a, as a good or at least neutral thing before the governments try to vilify it too too strongly. And so far, I think the, the game has been going well. Mm-hmm.
0: Now you've been in crypto obviously for a very long time. Uh, I would love to kind of get your take on crypto in general, the space in general, because uh, I, I know I think you, you started. I think it was through the Free State Project, right? It was kind of how you came across Bitcoin. Yeah, and you're obviously a libertarian. A, and it's, it appears like a lot of the reasons why you're into this technology is for those, you know, those reasons with libertarian views. You obviously understood Bitcoin very well and what its value proposition is. But at the same time, you also went and created Shapeshift, which is kind of saying, "Hey, I don't just think there's going to be one cryptocurrency." Yeah. So what what is your stance on that? Were you were you a Bitcoin maximalist at one point, and then
1: you, yeah, I shifted. I was, and like when I got involved, Bitcoin was really like the only important coin. You know, there were a couple other like name coin projects, but they were so tiny and insignificant, it didn't matter. And when Bitcoin came out, it was, you know, a a digital currency. That was the purpose. It was meant to be a new form of money. Um, And I was very much, I didn't like these other crypto projects that were like, you know, taking attention away from Bitcoin. I thought it was a distraction. And ultimately, I felt the world doesn't need a hundred different kinds of monies. I changed my view, um, largely realizing that much of the value of Bitcoin is in decentralization. And if there's only one blockchain and only one project, that is by definition less decentralized than an industry of different blockchains and different projects. Um, And second, a lot of projects are optimizing for different things. So um, you know, Bitcoin has its attributes and they have pros and cons to them. Um, Monero has its attributes, it has pros and cons to it. And a lot of projects aren't even trying to be money at all. I mean, CryptoKitties is not trying to be a competitor to Bitcoin. It's a different token. And I, I, I'm glad to see a flourishing of the technology. I think there will be multiple blockchains that become very popular. And I think there'll be millions of different kinds of tokens that exist on those blockchains. How
0: about in terms of uh, digital cash? I mean, my, my kind of thesis has always been that the the, the whole value proposition of crypto is the, you know, the creation of, of digital cash, digital money. Um, you know, it's censorship resistant, uh, that's fungible on the protocol level. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have an opinion there as to which project or coin you think is kind of living up to that, those values the best and kind of doing
1: currently, wh- Currently, which one do you think is the best form of digital cash? I mean, the best form of digital cash right now is, is Bitcoin, but only because it has vastly higher liquidity and brand recognition and it's more well known. Um, it has some serious drawbacks. Its fees are really high to be digital cash, and they will get much higher as it gets popular. So it'll be priced out of a lot of different types of interactions and it's very much surveilled. So all the different, you know, chain analytics companies watch Bitcoin blockchain very closely. So if you're trying to be private, it's definitely not the best option. So, um, you know, there's, there's other projects that optimize for, for fees or they're, they're cheaper, um, and there's projects that optimize for privacy and they're more private. Um, and I, all that's great. I think that that's what makes a healthy and robust ecosystem. And these are all heads of the crypto hydra that are replacing how uh, global finance works. And how about the fungibility aspect? Obviously that's related to privacy
0: and privacy is a product of the fungibility, but do you think that's critical? Do you think, uh, these things ultimately need to be fungible? You know, if they're going to be used as currency, uh, to yeah. transact value.
1: Yeah. Um, but fungibility, like decentralization, is a gradient, not an absolute. So bitcoins, uh, even though you can track them, and a bitcoin from one place may be more skeptically viewed than a bitcoin from another, not perfectly fungible, but it's largely functional or largely fungible. Um, so that that happens on a on a
0: degree as well. Do you see Bitcoin overcoming that on a technological level, like potentially adopting confidential transactions or doing other things to I to improve its fungibility?
1: Uh, I don't. I, I think clearly Bitcoin is not able to change its protocol. Uh, there, are, That's both good and, and bad. I kind of hail that as a, as, a, as a pro instead of a con. Yeah, and it's, it's a double-edged sword. Um, I don't think the Bitcoin protocol will change much, if at all. Um, and that's okay. I mean, it's good that Bitcoin has been relatively traceable because it's actually allowed governments to be more comfortable with it. And it's been kind of the, the camel's nose under the tent um, if Bitcoin had been perfectly anonymous from the start, I think crypto would have been would have had a much harder time being tolerated by governments so far. So I think that dynamic is really important, and certainly there are people who would advocate that Bitcoin doesn't try to become perfectly anonymous for that very reason.
0: And then, so we're we're kind of entering. Potentially the next bull run here, maybe not, but there's there appears to be some kind of uh, next wave here. What do you think are going to be the themes there? Do you think privacy coins and digital cash will be more upfront this go around as opposed to the last bull run where it was really just, uh, you know, it was whatever project you could throw your money into, do you think the market is starting to learn and realize what the value proposition of what this stuff really is? And I
1: think is that is, is the actual cream going to start to rise to the top on this go around? The cream doesn't tend to rise to the, to the top during a bull run, like during the bull run, especially during the last one, all cryptos moved up you know, indiscriminately for better or worse uh, in the next bull cycle that will largely happen as well. Everything will be bid up. It's seen largely as a correlated asset class. Um, and it's only over, you know, two or three of these cycles that the good stuff remains valuable and the bad stuff slowly is is phased out. But um, certainly it's not going to happen like during the speculative fever that everyone gets. And how about the Monero project itself? Do you start to see when
0: when do you think uh, the market will start to realize that the true value of something like
1: Monero, uh, it seems to kind of be overlooked in terms of, I think it's, I, I it's important. It's, it's like one of the top top 10 or top 12 coins. So, you know, that's I big, mean, we're, we're thinking we're, t- we're at least in top three here. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the fact that it is one of the most important crypto coins demonstrates it has already been successful. And whenever someone's like, you know, what are the most important coins for privacy? There's two coins that come to mind immediately, Zcash and Monero. Um, and people really like both. Both of the both of those coins have been successful. Both of those coins are worth people paying attention to. And so I, I think Monero just keep doing what it's doing. It's got its value proposition. Um, and, you know, it's, a, it's an important one. Do you have any opinion between the Zcash and Monero? Like, do you have, how do you weigh those? No, coins? I don't. And I think they are, you know, I'm not a technical person. And I understand some of the technical differences between them. I think they're both private enough. Um, to be very valuable, and they make trade-offs in different ways. Um, you know, I think the difference, the, the more material difference is how privacy coins compare with Bitcoin or how privacy coins compare with credit cards and banks, um, and they, they both are amazing for that. You know, the, the tiny differences between them are large for those who care about one coin or another deeply, but relative to the broader world, they're, they're insignificant, and both, both projects are really important.
0: All right, and I guess last question I have to ask you, Libra, Libra yeah. Coin, the Facebook Coin. Um, do you think it's do you think it's going to launch? Do you think it's going to be You know, it's it's going to live up to its you know its dream of uh, banking the unbanked and
1: uh, getting everybody on board into crypto. Maybe um, I was impressed with how far they pushed the envelope. As a company that large how far they actually went out toward becoming a cryptocurrency it's obviously not going to be you know fully borderless and um censorship resistant like a bitcoin or a monero but it is a real blockchain and it's going to be somewhat decentralized and what was most encouraging about it is it's not just a proxy for the dollar you know i like i thought it would just be a new venmo kind of thing Mm -hmm but it's actually backed by a basket of fiats, which sort of puts it you know, on top or above any particular national currency, which I found to be um, a brave and bold move by Facebook. Um, so, will it one day be backed by Bitcoin? Well, I mean, maybe. Maybe Bitcoin or other cryptos will be added to that basket, and, and maybe the long-term goal of Libra is that it removes the backing over time and it becomes its own hard asset. Um, But I've been delighted at how uncomfortable it has made people in the government. They are not happy to see competition in money. And I think competition in money is is fundamental. It's probably the good that requires competition the most. And the fact that we have monopoly providers around the world um, is is a big problem. So kudos to Facebook for for trying. Uh, And we'll see if they're actually able to launch. We'll see if the project just gets shut down and censored by the government. Um, and it, it may just become another you know, Orwellian surveillance tool, but at least it is creating the conversation in the public consciousness that different monies exist, that they have different attributes, that some are better than others, and that conversation is really important. Thank you very much. That was great. Thank you. Thank you.